2: You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought
4: principles. Here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Hello, everybody. This is Galen McDowell, and I'm the executive minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. This is the second show on the series, Johnny Coleman, the civil rights leader of the mind. I'm trying to make sure that I am sharing with you, the listeners the powerful ministry and legacy of the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, the founder of Christ universal temple and the universal foundation for better living. And today I have a definite treat because I have four people on the show who have worked, who worked rather very closely with Reverend Coleman. They were a part of her inner core team that grew Christ universal and Christ universal temple and UFBL and are still a part of her legacy. So I let me just start off with the uh, with a, a few people. We have the assistant minister of Christ Universal Temple, the Reverend Marjorie Cook. We have staff minister, the Reverend Alberta Ware. We have the founder and senior minister of Power Circle Congregation, uh, the Reverend Doctor Joseph E Hill. And we have the founder and, and senior minister of Global Power of Truth, the Reverend Gwendolyn Tate. Hello, everyone. How are you? How are you doing? Excellent. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So first of all, let me just say thank you all for saying yes to being on this show, because I believe that it is our responsibility to make sure that the legacy of Reverend Coleman continues. She poured into us, she seeded into us, she launched us, and it's our responsibility to make sure that her voice will always be heard. So I wanna start off, first of all, and you all can, I'll just direct the question to people just to make sure so we don't have confusion. My first question is, how did you meet Reverend Coleman and and who is she to you? So I'm gonna start with uh, the Reverend Joe Hill, uh, Senior Minister of Power Circle Congregation.
2: Well, I met uh, Reverend Coleman. I was a member of Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, and Reverend Evans stepped in and had me to come over, and I met Reverend Coleman. But I didn't know that who she was. They said Johnny Coleman. I thought it was a male minister I was going to meet. And I went to one of the services, and that's how I got to meet her. And later on in life, I joined Christ Universal Temple, several years ago and eventually became her chief operating officer. And uh, it just went on from there and there and there and there and there. And she'll always be there whispering in my ear the principles
4: that she taught. Beautiful, beautiful. Reverend Ware, how did you Mm -hmm. meet Reverend Coleman and who is she to you?
0: Uh, I first started attending the church first After, well, my sister started first, told my mother about it. My mother told me, and then I would go to service, the first service, and then go to the Baptist church where I was in the choir. And then at some point I stopped making that track. And one of the things that uh, impressed me was the fact that one Sunday Johnny said, I'm giving you some good stuff. I'm going to wait till you take out the paper and pen. That's all I need. After that. I did not have a direct contact with her until she heard me commentate a fashion show. And she asked who was that, and and they said who it was, and she said, My Alberta Wear. And after that, she put me on the platform as a platform person, and it just went on from there.
4: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Reverend Tate, uh, how did you meet Reverend Coleman, and who is she to you? That's um, a, a beautiful
5: question. Hello um, to everyone out there listening. Um honored to be a part of uh, sharing whatever small part I might have played in uh, being one of the, shall we say, the offshoots of uh, the power of Dr. Coleman. I met her out of my search for a higher teaching uh, here in Chicago, and someone, I don't even remember who, mentioned to me that there was in fact, a woman at eighty-six uh, and State Street um, teaching some very powerful principles of, of success and principles of getting ahead in life, and they were all spiritual-based and uh, directed me to go there. And uh, I went there and was immediately taken into her spirit and uh, joined in the classes at the Johnny Coleman Institute, and uh, before long had completed that, and uh, to make it a little shorter, in due course of time, I uh, ended up becoming her assistant minister. And uh, from that point forward, um, taught several lessons there. And I'm just so excited to say to everyone that to me, she was not only my teacher and a great spiritual leader, but a mentor as well in more ways than I could uh, say. So I'm honored to to be able to speak on her divine legacy that she left in my spirit and in the spirit of thousands of people in Chicago and around the world. Beautiful. And what is thank she you to sh- me, I'll say it again, teacher, leader, mentor, a legacy of light that she left in my spirit that can never be put out.
4: Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Reverend Cook, how did you yes. meet Reverend Coleman and who is she to you? Reverend Coleman to me,
1: first I was, Brought to Rev. Coleman by my uncle, who was the first treasurer of Christ's Unity Temple at that time, as a younger person. I met Rev. Coleman on Cottage Grove when she formed the church there. And uh, Rev. Coleman to me is Johnny. She was more of a mother figure to me. So I've been with Reverend Coleman and her legacy, which goes on within me and around me and with everyone. I have been excited, still excited, as if it was the first time as a younger person in meeting Reverend Coleman. She placed within me, the knowledge to know that whom and what I am and what I can and to become. So I'm still thanking her. I'm still lifting her up. So all is in order within me and the world that's around me as now.
4: Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So, Uh, My next question is, and just by the way, callers, I'm going to open up the show for calls in the second half after the break at 1030. When we come back, you can call in and ask questions, but I want to make sure that I have an opportunity to ask uh, everyone some questions before you have the opportunity to ask some questions. So please be patient. So um, my next question, I'm going to direct it to uh, Reverend Hill first is, The name of the show is Johnny Coleman, the civil rights leader of the mind. Uh, Reverend Coleman brought a message to the African-American community originally in Chicago. Now, obviously, the message transcends uh, race. But she brought this message that she got from unity specifically to a community in need. Uh, So I'm going to ask you the question first, but I would like everybody to take an opportunity to address Uh, What was especially appealing about the New Thought message to the African-American community in Chicago at first when you first heard this message?
2: Well, one of the things that you have to understand about Reverend Coleman, she was always a teacher. I can remember if we went to the grocery store or we went to visit somebody in the hospital or nursing home or if we were traveling – She always used that opportunity to teach. She would look around and see what was happening in the environment, and then she would start teaching you and telling you what you had to be. And the whole key to this whole thing is she taught me that there is a power and a presence within you. Don't worry about what people think about you or say about you. Adhere to that power. Jesus said the Father and I are one. In his part of the world, in Jewish society, they call God Father. But we know that God is all there is. There is nothing, simply nothing else. And she just drilled it in me, and she drilled it in me, and she sowed it in me. And she never missed an opportunity to teach principle. And I think that's what we need to do today. Just keep drilling it and drilling it and drilling it in all the classes we teach, every sermon we get. It's all about
4: God. And that power and presence within us. Thank you, thank you. Reverend Ware, could you take the same question, please? Uh,
0: give me a question. The question is to...
4: basically, um, Reverend Coleman brought this new thought message from Unity yes. to the African American community in Chicago before it went abroad. Specifically, how did this what What was so appealing about her new thought message to the African American community? at that time
0: it made sense it answered questions that people had in their mind and weren't getting the answers from their traditional churches you sit there and you had uh people who had questions i remember uh being in the baptist church and someone had a question at a bible study and and because he asked the question he was invited to leave the study because the minister at that time could not handle the question Johnny had answers to the questions that you had about religion, about God, about your own life, and it made sense. It wasn't a pie-in-the-sky kind of thing. It made sense, and so, therefore, as you sat there and took notes and and got involved in the classes, it got better and better.
4: Beautiful, beautiful. Reverend Tate, what was appealing about Reverend Coleman's bringing the New Thought message to the African-American community? That's, that's a, a wonderful and a powerful question.
5: And uh, it really fits who she was and what was going on at that time back in 1975 and beyond uh, all the way up to this day. She always uh, purported that she was a proponent of new thought. And that was appealing to me. And I'm sure it was appealing to the African-American community because many of the problems that were taking place in the community centered around old states and old systems that existed and uh, in which we were not empowered. And she brought a message of spiritual empowerment through new thought, a new way of looking at things, a new way of thinking, always bringing into the midst of it – what the title of the church was in the sense of Christ's universal temple, Christ in you, your hope of glory, universal principles being taught to the African-American community so that all of us would, would be able to empower ourselves, empower the community, and go forth and serve in whatever capacity the Spirit of God within us led us to do. So at that time, many of the teachings she brought forth in those principles were uh, new, I mean, a new way of thinking, uh, a new way of acting and being so that you would live a better life. And I must say that uh, certainly living those principles, my life has become better because of that. So all of that appealed to me, and I'm sure it appealed to everyone during the time that she shared so graciously and powerfully.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Reverend Cook, how... Uh, what was so appealing about Reverend Coleman bringing the New Thought message to the African-American community?
1: What was so appealing to me, and I remember that I came as a younger person to Reverend Coleman. So, and coming to Reverend Coleman as a younger person, what was appealing to me, I will always hear New Thought, New Thought of thinking. And when I would ask her different questions, which I did, uh, she would say, well, let me see, can I bring it where you can understand it? And she would say, a new thought. A new thought is that when you don't have to be sick, that's a new thought. And then she went on and on about a new thought. Okay, I got that. Then she told me, I was out of school for the summer. She said, I'm going to bring you in. We were on Cottage Grove then. I'm going to bring you into a class of lessons and truth. Now, we haven't had teenagers in there, but I'm going to put you in there because I want you to know about this new thought. And then she told me, I want you to say every evening before you go to bed and when you wake up. I am a spiritual being. Now, you might not know what that means, but in time you will. So I kept saying, it, and I kept saying, it, I am a spiritual being. That was a new thought, and it brought me a new feeling of being a younger person. She then want me to call her Reverend Coleman, but my mother always said you know, to respect, Reverend Coleman, call me Johnny Marjorie. I said, yes, ma'am, Johnny. So I've been calling her Johnny ever since. That was her message to me. Learn who and
4: whose you are. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, um, Reverend Coleman started her ministry basically from her own spiritual healing. As we all know, she was given six months to live in 1952 by her doctor, and she discovered the teachings of unity and learned new thought at Unity Village. And I want to talk a little bit about Johnny Coleman as a consciousness of healing, because we all know, and we talked a little bit about it last week with some of the other guests, about Johnny as a teacher of prosperity. But she was also known as a spiritual healer. So I'm just going to go in the order that I've been going in so far. Can you all talk a little bit about Johnny Coleman as a consciousness of healing? Uh, We'll start with Reverend Hill
2: well one of the things that i do in my ministry that i it's an offspring of what i was i learned from reverend coleman i see every cell in my body as well and if being a scientist when i was in college i was a a scientist and we looked at cell structure c-e-l-l structure and through the process of mitosis how cells grow and 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 replicate themselves You can't be sick, and that's what Reverend Coleman used to tell us all the time, and that really appealed to me because I could never understand how ministers and other people went around, and they want to, I'm going to lay hands on you to get the sickness out of you. Well, then you're acknowledging sickness. So what we say is every cell in my body as well, every cell has a nucleus, and that nucleus is the brain power, and it takes in exactly what you say. In the Bible, it says, my sheep hear my voice. And they understand me and they know me. It's the same with us. And so Reverend Coleman used to say all the time, you know, Joe, it's such a good thing. We can't be sick. We can't be sick because there is that power and presence that is within us. And if you read Genesis It does not say anything about sickness and all of this other stuff we talk about. So what you talk about, you bring about. So we just kept talking about it, and we're going to keep talking about that. every cell in my body as well, every cell. When I see myself, I can't be sick, and I'm never going to be sick. I've never taken any medicine, and I've never had any childhood diseases because I decided that was not for me. And if you can just change your mind about certain things, that will be your
4: experience. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Reverend Ware, uh, can you talk about Reverend Coleman as a healing uh, consciousness?
0: As a healing consciousness, one of the things he put emphasis on was paying attention what, to what you were seeing your mind. What kind of thoughts were going on? If you are focusing on the outer appearance, that thought needs to change. You need to redirect your thinking. And that's not a always an easy thing for people to do, but she showed us how and insisted that that's what we needed to do, because she said, you're the thinker who thinks the thought that makes you think. Everything starts from, the, from a thought. Everything starts in the mind, and my body responds to my mind, not the other way around, and that was one of the important lessons that she taught.
4: All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Reverend Tate, can you speak about Reverend Coleman as a healing consciousness? Yes, I
5: can. Um, I'm I'm honored to say that I certainly had the experience of being with her in uh, many of the um, healing programs that were taking place uh, and standing beside her and enjoying being a part of that consciousness of healing which she always called it that. You must develop a consciousness of healing. And she made it clear that healing, heal comes from the word hail in the sense, which means wholeness. And her experience was that she had to call forth the wholeness or the perfection of God from within her body. And in calling it forth over whatever period of time, she made it manifest in her temple as health and wholeness and peace and joy, and all of the other things. When you talk about healing, you have to heal mind, body, and spirit. And she was a deep proponent of that and a very prime example of it. So, my experience with her in healing is that she based it upon the fact that we were made in the image after the likeness of God and given divine dominion over all things, first and foremost, including ourselves. And that health was a natural state, and that state could be circumvented through the misuse of of thoughts, feelings, words, and actions. And so to counter that, you have to go back to the divine thought within the divine mind of each human being and allow that so-called human being to access spiritual light and power within himself, and therefore get rid of that temporary state of so-called sickness and bring back the original state of divine health and wholeness. She taught it so well, exemplified it, and did it in, in, in all of the things that I saw her do, and she was a wonderful
4: example for me to follow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Reverend Cook, could you speak about about Reverend Coleman as a healing consciousness?
1: Yes. I also was with Reverend Coleman in many of her healing services. The consciousness of healing she always would say, "What you think about Marjorie, I was Marjorie then, not Cook. What you think about you bring about, and I had to think about that, so in bringing me and. The services with her, she saw in me what was called. I, 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 it's, it's a name that I can't, I don't know, call it because you cannot name, uh, call out what God is. And I'm saying that she saw that Godness in me where I didn't see it. And she said, you don't know what you have, do you? And I didn't know what she meant. She said, well, maybe it's not time yet. So she brought me out with her in many healing services. So it's with the consciousness of healing, she had many opportunities to call forth that healing presence of the Christ that was within her. And in watching her, and that's what she always told me. She said, watch as well as pray. Watch as well as pray. So I just kept that going in my mind. And when I got to the point of knowing what she meant, I didn't know what I had. Then I understood the healing consciousness of raising myself to that point Well, there is, again, no sickness. There is only healing, and healing equals wholeness. You've got to have that wholeness of mind, body, soul. So I thank Reverend Coleman for that healing consciousness that I am still open to. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, it's just kind of funny. We have a couple of minutes before the break. I just want to share that when I first came on the staff, when I was in ministerial training, uh, shortly after we had a impromptu healing service, I'll never forget it because it wasn't planned. And as you all know, when Reverend Coma was so moved, any service could turn into a healing service and uh, someone in the meeting uh, mentioned to uh to johnny we'll just because we all call her johnny we'll be informal for the show but uh, said johnny let us know and reverend cook was in the room when this happened we're not going to say names but you got to let us know when we're going to have a healing service so we can be prepared and johnny said you always are supposed to be prepared you're a minister and then she said all healing begins in the mind of the practitioner yeah And uh, when she said those words it literally like my like time froze for me mm-hmm. all healing begins in the mind of the practitioner that's where it starts so from her mindset the consciousness of the wholeness that we carry as practitioners of truth already has done the work it has already has seen the wholeness of god in the situation so she would then say there's nothing to be healed only god to be revealed And those type of statements Mm -hmm. consistently, you know, showed me that she was a stand for this truth. So later on, when I would see things and I would say, well, you know, we're just having a meeting. And I don't know if you remember, uh, uh, Reverend Cook, we were in a meeting in the Faith Chapel. And this was Mm -hmm. probably, I would have to say this was almost 18 years ago now. She had a meeting and we were just meeting with some church leaders and somebody Mm -hmm. walked up gave her a hug, and was knocked out under the power of the Holy Spirit. We were just standing there looking. I was like, and and, and you'll get this. Remember where Johnny said, the power's all over me. Take me to my office. (laughs) So, but that's how she moved. You know, like, okay, if I'm always ready, I don't know how God is going to show up but I'm an open vessel for it to happen. So we're about to go to a uh first and uh, only break. When I come back from the break, I'm going to open the show up for calls. If you want to call in and ask uh any questions you will have an opportunity to do so. So I want to make sure that you're empowered to ask questions uh to the reverend Joe Hill to the Reverend Gwendolyn, Tate to the Reverend Marjorie Cook to the Reverend Alberta Ware if you have some Johnny Coleman questions these are some of the people who definitely have the answers so we'll be right back with Truth Transforms
3: Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
4: Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, everybody. Yet again, we're again having the second show on Johnny Coleman, the civil rights leader of the mind. I'm about to open the show up for questions, but before I do, let me remind you that you can connect with Christ Universal Temple through our website, which is www.cutemple.org, the letter C-U, the word temple, .org. You can watch our live stream on the website, which is 1030 a.m. until 12 Central Time, and you can also watch the live stream on YouTube at the same time at our YouTube channel, C.U. Temple. I also want to remind you that we actually have a Ash Wednesday service today. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and you want to come out and join us, you can from 12 until 1 p.m. Or you can watch it on Facebook Live at the Christ Universal Temple Facebook page. And there are many ways you can connect with the ministry, including uh, Reverend Wells' Temple Talks, which is a Facebook show he does at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. So I want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to connect with us really quickly because we already have a caller on the line. I want to make sure everybody knows that if you want to get in contact with uh, Reverend Cook or Reverend Ware, you can contact Christ Universal Temple. You can call at 773-568-2282, 568 2282 or you can go to the website and uh, click on the Contact Us and send a message through the website and we'll make sure we get it to the ministers, and that'll be good. Uh, Reverend Hill, um, how can people get in contact with uh, you at Power Circle Congregation?
2: Well, our telephone number is 773-721-7972. Somebody will be glad to be there to uh, talk with you, and we also have been Ash Wednesday service this evening from 7 to 8 p.m. And I'm on Facebook also on Wednesdays, Consciously Correct Wednesday. So there's a way for all of us to get together. We're all in this together. So if you need some support or some questions answered, just call that number, 773-721-7972.
4: Reverend Tate, how can people get in contact with you and Global Power of Truth Ministries? Wonderful, and thank you for
5: that opportunity. Let me give um, out the the phone number that uh, you can contact me personally, I don't mind doing that. It's uh, 708-965-0816. That's 708-965-0816. And you can also email us at... REVGPT333 at yahoo.com. Again, REVGPT333 at yahoo.com. If you want to know what programs we're doing, where we are, and what we're about, please
4: um, give a call, an email at those um, contact points. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. We have some callers on the line. Uh, Reverend Saba, are you there? Reverend Saba.
3: Yes, I uh, yes I am here. How are wow. you guys doing?
4: <laughs> doing well. How about yourself? Good to hear from you.
3: I'm just fine, fine. It's great to hear all of you, Reverend Weir, Reverend Hill, uh, Gwendol, of course, Reverend Cook. It it really is good listening to you, and it does bring back uh, many memories, needless to say, because uh, I go back as you know a long way uh, with Reverend Coleman, and I'm presently on long island ministering i'm a part of the unity movement at this time and so i i, I do want to kind of ask a question and and uh ask for um for you to elaborate a little bit and it was touched on and the idea of consciousness because johnny taught a lot about consciousness and she explained it to us and and and, and perhaps you can uh each of you can um just share with our listeners some of what we learned from Reverend Johnny about consciousness.
4: Okay. Did did you want to direct that question to a specific person?
3: Well, uh, no, Reverend Weir can start off.
4: All right. (laughs) Okay, Reverend Weir.
0: (laughs) Okay.
3: Good to hear your voice again.
0: (laughs) Good to hear from you, Well, first of all, we have to understand that consciousness is awareness, your understanding. So as as we are building consciousness, you're actually building your understanding of what you are, who you are, what God is, and what the relationship to God is. So you're building a new understanding, a new awareness. We think we know things, and then we discover we don't know as much as we thought we knew. So here we are. In order to change our lives and have a better life, we've got to change our understanding, our awareness, so that we can expand our consciousness.
4: All right. Thank you. Does anybody else want to jump in on that question before we go to the next caller? Okay. All right. So thank you, uh, Reverend Saba for calling in. I want to make sure that um, let's. You, you need to call the. Please call the church and leave your contact information because I haven't seen you in years. <laughs> <laughs> so, could you call the church, that's please, true, and just leave your true. contact information with the front desk? I would greatly appreciate I def-
3: it. I definitely will, brother. I definitely will. Good. Good hearing your voice. Good hearing your show. Keep up the good work.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless. God bless.
6: All right. Bless you. Yeah.
4: Okay, well, we have the uh, Reverend Evelyn Hill Coleman on the line. Are you there, Reverend?
6: Yes, yes, yes. I am, ooh, I am so excited. Uh, first, Reverend McDowell, thank you for the show today. You have thank not you. only honored the Reverend Johnny Coleman with the show, but you have provided me with a great opportunity to say thank you to the four people who played a great part in my life. And in my spiritual growth. And I just want to say thank you, Reverend Alberta Ware. Thank you, Gwendolyn Tate. Thank you, Marjorie Cook. Thank you, Joe Hill. Thank you, Reverence. Thank you so much. And that's all I have to say. I am just so full. You just don't know. Thank you. Call me. (laughs) Yes. All
4: right. And let me just add this Uh, Reverend Evelyn Hill Coleman. plays an essential role in the growth and of ufbl and you know she's one of our rock people as well so i want to make sure that that's acknowledged including with the johnny coleman theological seminary on the universal foundation for better living board in which she was on for so many years it was on unreal <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. and as as you know as as basically almost a de facto executive director making sure that all of our stuff is together all of our policies all the programming the money everything she is uh, essential to this day in making sure things work and she's working as you're you're the assistant provost now right of the johnny Coleman theological seminary y-
6: yes yes
4: yes yes <laughs> so if you have some people out there that want to find out about how you can become a teacher or a minister in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, she's one of the people that you can contact, and I'm sure that you can contact, go to ufbo.org, leave your information, or the Johnny Coleman Theological Seminary's website, leave your information, and it'll get to Reverend Hill and she, Hill Coleman, and she'll make sure she gets the information, unless you want to give the JCT, JCTS email address out. Do, do, are you okay, okay. with that if, if people want to contact you directly?
6: yeah well they can uh they can contact me directly at uh e h c o l e m a n that's e h c coleman at j c t s at seminary dot r dot that's a lot isn't it just I know. With, I, know uh, I know. I tell you what, just do with
4: Uh, uh <laughs> with no, no, just go to the so website good. and contact. If if not, <laughs> listen to the episode again and write it. Write it down because there's people yeah, out there, I believe, so that want to be a part of what we're doing. And she's the person you need to contact. So thank, thank you, Reverend Hill Coleman, for all calling. Right. And you know, you know, you know, you, you know how we roll. So I'll be talking. Yes. To you soon. Yes. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. All right, all right. And thank you to all of you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 So, um, Reverend Ware, I want to speak specifically about Reverend Coleman. You can take this question first, and everybody can jump in, but I want to speak specifically to you about Johnny Coleman as an evangelist. She wanted to make sure that once she got the message firmly in Chicago at CUT, she wanted to spread it abroad, and you were one of the people who dedicated large amounts of your time to going to other cities and helping to launch ministries, can you speak about Reverend Coleman as an evangelist? Uh, well, along with
0: what you said, she did want the message to get out, and so in various cities there were people who would call the church and 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 want someone to come. Uh, it happened with the, the group in Cleveland. Uh, they called. We had Les Brown, who at that time was in Ohio, who came to the church. And then when he, he started a study group in Ohio, and then he uh, went back home to Miami and had a group going there. Uh, and one of the things that he discovered was that he needed more help. And so uh, Helen and I went down. Helen went for two weeks. I was supposed to be there six weeks, stayed seven months, uh, because it was a, the process of building and establishing a church takes work, plus you have to see how the people handle the, the assignments after they've been trained. We had um, the group in Cleveland call the church, and they kept calling. Lucy Burkin kept calling until uh, we responded to her. We went to Cleveland. Uh, I went to Toronto. I went to um, Guyana, South America. I went to Trinidad. Uh, wherever, when someone called and needed assistance, not just to start a church, sometimes our churches needed assistance in helping, uh, in expanding their teaching, uh, staff, and all, I was the one who was sent out to do that. And I enjoyed it. I, I, I developed and built families everywhere I went. Um, so as 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 we move forward, it's important that we support each other. Uh, everybody on this line has has access to a ministry or has a ministry somewhere and we have to support each other because this is crucial. One of Johnny's things was that we help each other.
4: Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Does anybody else want to jump in on the question about Johnny as an evangelist? I can. This is Reverend Cook. Uh Reverend
1: uh, also had uh, me to go out, not out of the city, but to have me go out and start a study group. And so I went out, and I started not a study group, but a center. She said, a center, Marjorie, has to be 25 or more. I said, I know so I went out and I started a study, uh, not a study group, but a center, and it was called Just B A-M-A Center, A-M-A, Advanced Mature Adults. So it, it, it really increased to almost 500 students. Some came to the church and others at the class. So she apologized to me because she said that it wasn't going to be but two little AMA, but it started out to be 500. So I'm, again, thanking her for that opportunity to send me out. She wouldn't send me out to city. I don't know why, but she didn't. So, yes, Alberta, we all should join together and consciousness and awareness to help lift each other up.
4: Yes, yes. Anybody else on that question before we go forward? I have a few other questions since we don't have any more callers right now.
5: Uh, uh, Galen, uh, uh, Reverend Galen, ever so yes. briefly, just thinking back upon the the, the marvelous leadership of uh, Dr. Coleman, I, I certainly had to uh, come and say that I had that wonderful experience through her leadership of, uh, uh, heading the breakaway center, we called it, um, in downtown Chicago. And it was such a marvelous, rich experience for me. She had about seven outreach ministries at the time, and the Breakaway Center was one of them. And we met two times a week at high noon, bringing those principles to the people who worked in the loop. And I will never forget how rich that opportunity was. When we even had our opening, we had as many as 600 people there at that time. Dr. Coleman was such a leader that she was always reaching out to take the message of New Thought at that time all around the city if she could. And so to reach out with that many outreach ministry shows where her heart was, where her spirit was, and whenever we had an opportunity to participate in that way, it also drew others into the teaching at, um, uh, at the church itself. So I'm just grateful to her for that opportunity, which I carry in my spirit, even to the this day in the ministry that I work with. Thank you, Dr. Coleman, once again, and all of you wonderful ministers
4: who I'm sure uh, similarly uh, were touched by her. Yes, yes. I'm Reverend Joe, do you to want to say there. anything about the uh, evangelism before we go to the next question?
2: Well, one of the things I just want to say, it's so strange how we all have different experiences. I can never, I remember Alberta, Reverend Alberta, I know you remember that. Barbara McDaniel Smith was going up there Mm. with you all. You guys were going around places and Reverend Coleman called me in her office and she said, okay, they're out there taking care of that Reverend Ann Jefferson and all of them doing their part. Your part is I'm going to send you up there and I want you to do some lessons. And I said, do some lessons. And so she said, yes, I want them to see how my minister deliver lessons and what they're in for. So I went to Cleveland and I went around. I, it was just a wonderful thing. It was so outstanding to meet all of these people and watch the growth. You have to give her credit for assembling a cadre of individuals who could speak, who could write, who could do a lot of things at one time. And she used to tell me, don't try to do one thing at a time. Do it all right now. Get it done. Get some good people and you will have a great organization.
4: Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I did have I a, a ask, um, go ahead, excuse me? Can
0: I, ask something? I Sure, go right ahead. Gwendol, thank you. I forgot about breakaway because You're I, welcome. I was the first one that would go with her when she started breakaway.
4: And Yes. Yeah, yeah, it, it's so much history. It's so much history, you know. So much you know, history. I, so much history. I, you know. Let Let me just put this out here because um, my intuition is telling me to say this to the four of you specifically. We have to write our story, or somebody else writes it. Now, you all have history. I came to the church in 1993, so I have uh, some decent knowledge from 93 to uh, to, to 2020. And really, from about 2001 until now, where I really became a part of the inner core. But you all have stories that can't get lost. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, if so, let me just put this out here. Um, I'm just gonna put it out here. I'll be in contact with you all about putting a, a, a camera in front of you all, so you all can start telling these stories. It, it's obviously it'll be easier at CUT. Uh, to do so, but we need to make sure. We did this a few years back. I don't know if you remember uh, Reverend and Reverend Cook, where we yeah. had UB record, interview, just interview ed. us about yeah. Johnny. Yeah, so I think we need to expand that. And I don't know what that means, and I'm just putting that out there now. I haven't asked for permission and all that other good stuff, but I know it'll be whatever it needs to be. We're going to have to get people in front of a camera and talk about Johnny. And I know we have continuing ed, at ufb uh UFBO continuing ed in chicago this year in july we're gonna have to set something up also to make sure that we get these stories and if you, and i think there are books to be written about uh, uh a black woman from mississippi who come who came to chicago was given six months to live at age 32 and develops and grows goes to unity integrates unity As the first black person to live on campus, the first black person to be the president of the Association of Unity Churches, uh, the first person to build a unity church from scratch in Chicago, the first person to ever build a mega church in Chicago, the third largest city in the United States. At one point was the female out of all females who had the largest ministry in the United States. And there's been no history book written about her. Yes. I think that's on us. Mm-hmm. So I'm just putting yes. that out there, not just to the four of you all, but the others who are listening, ministers in UFBL and who used to be connected to UFBL. We we that's on us. And, you know, the with the Reverend Will Meadows no longer here and the Reverend Christina Knox is n no longer here, et cetera. People who walk this journey with her. We and you know we, we have to get the information. So I so I'm more grateful now about this show because there are stories now that'll continue to live because these podcasts are on the website on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher and Podbean and all these other podcasts websites and apps because we gotta make sure that the legacy continues to live so I'm putting it out there I'll I'll be in contact with all of you all about putting a camera in your face and we're gonna I think we need to enhance what we did a few years back to make sure that we capture all of our history because it's going to matter to generations as you all know I've raised my daughter here and she needs to understand because for for my daughter Angel which is a funny thing when you ask her about Reverend Coleman she says that that's her friend because that's what Johnny told her to call her. So when she was in Sunday school as a little girl and the kids asked, the teacher said, do you all know who Johnny Coleman is? Angel raised her hand and said, Johnny Coleman is my friend. Because that's what she knew her as. So I think it's important that, you know, my child's child or children will know about who she is because it's that important. So, um, I'm going to direct this real quick question really quickly to Reverend Ware. Um, And um, because I want to ask, give everybody an opportunity to to close with at least a minute. Reverend Ware, I did have a person ask me about Reverend Coleman and speaking about female ministries, ministers and the challenges of being a female minister. (laughs)
0: Okay. I I don't know where to start. Well, first of all... I'm going to say this, and I, whether it's politically correct or not, often men have an issue with female ministers. They have issues with females too. But anyway, uh, one of the things I saw happen um, was when we were, when uh, the and Gilead did um, a special World AIDS Day event and Reverend Coleman was invited to be the guest, one of the guest speakers, and we had a, a, a luncheon catered at the office, and when Johnny came in, I was there. I wasn't on the staff yet, but I was there, and Say Edwards was there, and we met her at the door, and she was surprised to see us. We're standing in the conference room, and she looked at me, and she said, Albert, I don't know why I'm here, because you know I don't mix with these other ministers, because they don't want to be with me, and At that event, we had the the presidents of the AME Zion uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bastards, uh, big big name. They were there. So we're there talking, and so I looked at it and I said, but Johnny, uh, you always said in the fullness of time, and I think this is the fullness of time. Well, she gave me one of those looks. You know, it look, you give somebody, when they give you your stuff back to you. Mm-hmm. And as she did that, here comes the uh, president from Morehouse coming in, grabbing her hand, and saying, I'm so glad to meet you, and I am so uh, – I've been looking forward to this. And he just went on and on and on. They all did that, and then at the meeting that night, they apologized publicly to the way they had been treating women ministers. There's a minister. There was a minister here at the Church on College Road where Albertina Walker was there, and when she had her anniversary concert, he did not allow Reverend Coleman in his pulpit. He would let her speak, but she had to speak from the floor.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I have had some good experiences. The first uh, funeral I did... Uh, with Gwendolyn, we remember when we were on. We went on King Drive to the church, and the minister okay. and he said, "No, here you sit in my seat." And he was so accommodating. When I yeah. got home, I called Reverend Coleman and told her how how accommodating he had been. It was at South Park Baptist Church. He, I
5: remember he, that. Yes. yes.
0: He accommodated <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. So it goes, yeah. goes. It depends on where someone is in their consciousness. Some of that has changed, but it's still not easy being a female minister.
4: Well, thank you, thank you for that insightful uh, information, and and hopefully the the listener got something from it. And what I would say is what Reverend uh, Barbara King said last week when she said she wanted to be a minister. Reverend Coleman said Barbara was stopping you. Because she believed that if you go forward with God, God God will move the things out of your way that need to be moved. So believe it or not, you all, uh, we've run out of time. We're about 30 seconds from having to close. So first of all, I just want to thank you, Reverend Joe Hill, the Reverend Gwendo Tate, the Reverend Marjorie Cook, the Reverend Alberta Ware for a powerful show. Uh, Next week, I'm going to have people who grew up in the youth ministry at christ universal temple and are now doing big things in the world so you want to make sure that you have an opportunity to check back in i want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to understand just how powerful the reverend dr johnny coleman was and is and when we finish with the reverend coleman episodes We're going to transition and start doing episodes on the Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin. So God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Truth Transforms, and I'll be with you next week. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.